Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by BNC Bank. Coming up on NBA Today, some have called him the greatest prospect ever. Projected number one overall pick, Victor Wembanyama. He joins the show. Hear what he has to say about his NBA expectations. Plus, Devin Booker, he was in his bag last night. How he etched his way into the Suns record book with two straight stellar performances. We're going to explain all that. And speaking of record books, Steph Curry and the Dubs showed us exactly why they shouldn't be slept on. And Steph, you had a bar about that. We did what we supposed to do. They say Draymond's got a history, so do we. So we know how to bounce back. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by PNC Bank. He is Zach Lowe. He's Kendrick Perkins. I'm Malika Andrews. Gentlemen, we have a whole lot to get to in this show. And on any other day, wait, we'd probably start with maybe Steph Curry and the Warriors fighting their way back. Perhaps we'd get into some of the hullabaloo that happened between the Nets and the Sixers last night. I feel like that's a good word for it. Hullabaloo. Well, Monty McCutcheon will be joining us a little bit later in the show to explain all of that. But first, we have a very special guest joining us for his very first American television interview. I've been playing this way for years. I've always been shooting threes, handling the ball. I didn't look up to players for me to do that. I inspired myself in doing whatever I wanted to do. Have you had a chance to watch Victor Wembanyama play yet? How can you miss him? Rattles in another three. Chico type vibe. This is the Chico. You gotta get ready for this kid. He has the chance to be one of the best to ever play this game. Malik's, Malik's really in trouble when he comes in. Everybody's been a unicorn over the last few years, but he's more like, like an alien. He's for sure a generation of talent. Joining us now from Paris is Victor Wenbanyama, the projected number one pick in the 2023 NBA draft. Victor, thank you so much for spending some time with us here on NBA Today. Hi, Malika. Thanks for having me. We're really excited to have you. And before we get into it, I understand there's something that you would like to share with us here today. Yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, it's been a, a year with so many great news for me. So, uh, first of all, I want to thank everyone that has been part of, uh, of that journey, you know, that year and uh, all the previous years, all my coaches, my family. Um, and I'm really excited to announce that I'm going to declare to the 2023 NBA draft. So I hope it's big news. Obviously, it's big news for me. I hope it's big news for you. It is. Congratulations. I mean, Victor, it's real now. I know that we, we probably many people thought, oh, well, Victor, the number one pick. Could he be there in the draft? But now it is official. It's real. You've been getting so much attention. Your game has been getting so much attention. But I'm curious, at what point in your life, in your journey, did you realize that playing in the NBA, it would actually be a reality for you? You know, um, Declaring for the draft uh, after all, it was just me sending a letter to the NBA, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's something crazy. I, I'm not realizing, realizing it yet. You know, uh, I, I realized 
pretty young. I wanted to play in the NBA, but you know, it, it becomes a reality more and more every day. And it's, uh, it's. I just feel so lucky to 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 have those dreams, you know, uh, at the reach of my hand. And it's just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take every opportunity I can. Let's talk a little bit about that reach, and I mean literally, because scouts often say that one thing that makes you very unique is that. Every single time we see you, you show us something that has literally never been done before, that we've never seen before. And there's two moments recently that had everyone in the basketball world talking that I'm hoping you can walk us through. And I want to start offensively because there is this step back to a put back that I still don't even understand the physics of this. Can you walk us through how this happened? Uh, yeah, you know, the, the first thing the first thing I can tell you is I would have, I would rather score the, the, the step back three than miss it. But... <laughs> You know, what's funny about it is uh, two years ago, two of my teammates, they, they actually had a bet on whether I would do that in, at some point in my career or not. And, uh, you know, a couple of days after the game, I, I called them and I, I told them, yeah, it happened. That, that crazy play happened. So, yeah, even for me, that was that was crazy, uh, you know, to, to see and to, to, to rewatch that after afterwards. Um, yeah, you know, it's just... It was a really intense game, so uh, I, I just I just went for my rebound and I I just happened to dunk it. I just happened to have arms long enough and jump high enough to dunk it. You know, it's that uh, reach. It's that reach yeah, that we've talked that, about. Exactly. It, it, yeah. it was incredible. And then defensively, <laughs> there is this play where somehow you manage when it's a two-on-one and a breakaway in a fast break. How did you manage to guard both players and rotate your body like this? Um, you know, uh, I know, you know, guys, every game it happens every week, they, they try to dunk on me. So I, I kind of expected that they would, they would try to do something like this. So I just went, it was, yeah, it was a tough play. Uh, I got, it, it was the first time for me doing that. And uh, yeah, I'm very glad that I, I could do it without fouling. It was impressive. Was it was it was an impressive Thanks. play from you. I, I also want to point out to our audience, you've played, right, in all 47 of your 47 games a season since September. You already have yeah. five more regular season games, and then you have the playoffs. No, by the way, you just entered the NBA draft, so you have a whole lot on your plate. But something that we talk a lot about in the NBA is players missing more games than ever, and not just when they're hurt, but right to preserve themselves for the playoffs. What's your stance on that? Because you value being available. Um, you know, yeah, I know there's so many games in the NBA season that it's hard for, for players, especially players who play with a lot of intensity and who play a lot of minutes. Obviously, it's hard to play all, all 82 games, but, uh, you know, it's... <laughs> I, I just think, uh, you know, some, some players are built a certain way. Like, uh, yeah, others gotta gotta rest sometimes, but... It's obviously my game. My, my goal is always going to be to play the most games I can and help my team as much as I can. But, uh, yeah. For you, though, I mean, the fact that you're talking about how certain players are built that way, how you value being available for your team, how does that speak to your durability? Because that's a question that's come oh. up from scouts during this process, and, and you've worked so hard on that specific part. Yeah. You know, being a leader, it's, it's always hard to be to be on the side and to, to not be able to play or to be, just to be resting when the others, when you see all your teammates working. So it's always going to be my priority to, to be av available for my guys and for my teammates to help them as much as I can. So every time I, if I have to step on the side, it's, it's, al it's always going to be painful. But, you know, um, I've been working 
more than ever this year on my body and with my, you know, with, with my my personal trainer Guillaume. Uh, so I know I know I'm ready to 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 go over all sort of all sorts of obstacles and uh, yeah, so far it's it's worked pretty pretty well. I haven't missed a game yet. Mm. Uh, I was here for my guys so far for every game, so I'm just trying to keep it that way. On May 16th, Victor, at the draft lottery, we're going to find out the order of the NBA draft and which team is most likely going to pick yeah. you. And you've said before, right, that there's no wrong team for you. Do, do you still feel that way? Oh, yeah, of course. Absolutely. You know, uh, the NBA, it's, uh, there's a very, very few players actually in the NBA, like around 350 or 400. So every team, is every. I know every organization is so careful about their players that uh, there's no wrong destination. Yeah. Victor, I'll leave you with this. When we came into this interview today, I saw you smiling, right, as you heard LeBron James and Kevin Durant and Giannis Antetokounmpo and Steph Curry call you a generational player. The league has to watch out. The league needs to be put on notice. That's nine MVPs talking about you coming into this league and being a potential face of that. How does that make you feel? You know, it's... Uh, it's uh, I yeah, I like to see guys that, that, that I love so much, you know, and that I appreciate so much to, just to see them talk about me like that. Of course, I, I like it, but, you know, I don't let it go to my head. It's like I try to keep it. I, I'm trying to stay humble and, yeah, focused on my goals. But it's just it's guys I appreciate. So, of course, mm. it, it warms my heart. I can say, though, fans are in for a treat when you enter the NBA, Victor. Thank you so much for spending some time with us here on NBA Today. Thanks for having me. Have a good time. Victor Wenbanyama is the top-rated prospect in the 2023 draft and the top of the lottery odds. They look a little something like this. The top three teams, Houston, San Antonio, Detroit, they have the same odds. And then the next two teams hold better than a 10% chance at the top pick. And the NBA draft lottery is May 16th at 8.30 Eastern on ESPN. So you just saw the lottery odds. But which team do you want to see get the top spot and have the opportunity to arguably draft the best prospect since LeBron James? That's today's QR question. So, Perk, get your phone out. Scan it. No. I want to know what everyone at home has to say. Victor says that he feels like any place is a great place for him, but I want to know what you all at home think. Scan it with your phones and let us know. We will reveal the results at the end of the show. But now we welcome in our senior NBA insider, Adrian Wojnarowski. And Woj, when we started the day, we had two lottery teams that had coaching vacancies in the Rockets and the Pistons. And now we have three coaching vacancies in the NBA. What more can you tell us? Yeah, Malika, Nick Nurse is out in Toronto, uh, helped uh, the Raptors win that championship in 2019, a coach of the year, uh, a season after that. Uh, but he spent the week with Masai Ujiri, uh, the Raptors president, talking about the past season, about the future, about how they might move forward together. I think ultimately both sides felt uh, they were ready to part ways. Uh, and now Nick Nurse goes right to the top of the list in Houston in their coaching search along with Frank Vogel, Ime Udoka, who've already interviewed for the Rockets job. Uh, Nurse had a year left on his contract, but certainly he'll be in demand. Almost a 600 winning percentage in his five years as head coach with the Raptors. And Ime Udoka, I'm told, will be a prominent candidate uh, with the Raptors. Uh, you mentioned the Pistons. That's the third team here. Uh, Charles Lee from the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, he is a prominent figure in this search. 
Kevin Ollie, the former Connecticut coach, who's been with the overtime elite the last few years, uh, respected NBA player, uh, was involved with head coaching jobs in the NBA uh, while he was a college coach. He's interviewed. Uh, I think they're still uh, beginning that process in Detroit, but both Detroit and Houston, as you just showed, Malika, uh, the best odds, among the best odds at 14% to be able to draft Victor Wimbayama. I think both Houston uh, and Detroit would like to have their coaching searches potentially wrapped up by the time we have a draft lottery. Uh, but I think Houston right now, I think you look at three candidates as they start a second round, Nick Nurse uh, joining the process, and then, of course, Frank Vogel, Ime Adoka. Nick Nurse out after five years with the Toronto Raptors. Woj, before we let you go, I do want to get a couple of injury updates from you because we saw Jaw and Giannis. They both missed game two. What can we expect for game three here? Uh, Giannis Atenacumpo did some work today with the Bucks. didn't practice with the team. He gets a few more days uh, of rest for that back ahead of uh, game four. Uh, same with John Morant. Uh, they won game two in Memphis without him. Now they head out to L.A. to play Saturday. He gets more time uh, to rest that bruised uh, hand, wrist area. I think the more complicated situation now, Malika, is Kawhi Leonard uh, and the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, the team is going to see how he responds to treatment today. Um, but I think there's much more uncertainty with that right knee injury. Um, about whether he can play in game four or he could play again at all in this series. It is not related to that ACL injury uh, that kept him out of full season, this injury, but it is the right knee, and I think it's a much murkier situation right now with Kawhi Leonard, especially given the Clippers are up against the clock right now. They are down 2-1. They've got a quick turnaround uh, for game four at home against the Suns. Down 2-1, and that's despite an epic performance from Norm Powell here. You have to imagine if Kawhi was out there, perhaps the results could be different, but a murky situation as Adrian Wojnarowski is reporting. Woj, thank you, as always, for spending okay. some time with us here on NBA Today. Still to come on our show, we have a couple of games that we have to get to because Chef Curry, he showed why the Warriors, you cannot count them out quite yet. Our panel weighs in. Plus, the 76ers, they got it done in Brooklyn, but not without some controversy. Monty McCutcheon, he joins the show with the latest on some flagrant fouls that we need to discuss. Plus, Devin Booker, KD, are they the best duo left in the playoffs? What do you guys think? Well, don't tell us right now. We're going to dive into that 2-1 series lead next on NBA Today. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. NBA Today is presented by PNC Bank. Rooted in communities big and small. And in part by the new National Geographic series, Secrets of the Elephants. Premieres tonight on National Geographic. Available to stream next day on Disney+. Plus. What did you think about the physicality of the game tonight? It was physical. That's what we expected. Monk puts it up. And Curry's got the board. Green gets tied up. Sabonis was holding on to Draymond's foot, which is wrong. I guess ankle grabbing is okay. There's no room for that in our game today. I gotta land my foot somewhere. I don't know what you're supposed to do in that situation. It's been a fun game, but it's escalated into something more. Time to look at who's putting in work presented to you by Upwork, and it was the Warriors because without Draymond Green, there was no problem for them, especially if Dante DiVincenzo, I mean, come on, bro, isn't that Steph's move? Yeah, yeah, but that's what happens when you <laughs> practice with Steph. You train with Steph. Steph likes Steph. it. Look at it. Steph likes it. Steph's like, I recognize that. That's Steph's move right there. I this like is Kevon Looney's move. This was Kevon Looney's move all night. Back out to Steph, and yeah, cash money. Kevon Looney just doing all the dirty work for the Warriors. What a really good role player he's become. Just an exceptional performance from him. And I kept looking to see how many fouls he had. Oh, no, he's still doing all right. Okay, he's still in there. And then Steph, pull up, no problem over Sabonis, who got booed every single time he touched the ball all night long. As expected, but Steph Curry was just that dude, that guy. Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh. Oh, Oh, no. Keegan Murray, oh, no. Dancing and one. Rough series for Keegan Murray. You see what he's saying? They don't want it. They don't want it. They don't want it. (laughs) Well, and in the fourth quarter, the Warriors didn't slow down. Better get up higher, Malik Monk. That's Steph Curry. They got out to a 5-0 lead. That's Clay Thompson. What are you doing? Well, that's what Clay Thompson is doing. The Warriors, they get the big win. Here's Steph Curry after the game. We couldn't change anything about the decision that we knew was wrong, but that if we could come out and win tonight, it changes the momentum of the series, uh, and it gives us an opportunity to just make it about basketball. And that was Draymond's message the whole time was, you know, make the, the right adjustments, come with the right energy, protect our home court. So we did what we supposed to do. They say, you know, Draymond's got a history, so do we. So we, we know how to bounce back. They say Draymond's got a history, Love so it. do we. Love I was it. like, Okay, I like that. Um, Zach, but Steph Curry said that he felt like, okay, we shifted the momentum of the series here. Did they? Do you agree with that? Yeah, obviously. They have the home teams won every game so far. We're right on track. They win game four. We're 2-2 going back to Sacramento. All of a sudden, not pressure, but a little pressure goes on the Kings. And Steph Curry did what Steph Curry does. Just like game four of the finals last year when his team needed it, when it was a must win, that dude delivers every single time. Shout out to the role players. DiVincenzo was yep. a, I got tired watching Dante DiVincenzo fling his body around the floor. Moses Moody, Perk, I'll say it so you don't have to. Moses Moody, <laughs> outstanding. Kaminga, outstanding. Looney, really good. Great, gritty win for the Warriors. They played with a frenzy last yeah. night on defense. Well, they had no choice. Otherwise, they was going to be on the verge of getting swept if they would have dropped the game last night. But look, the, <laughs> this series is still in the Kings' hands. But I will say this. Shout out to Steve Kerr for having this team ready. And when I look at their, their defensive performance last night, 
That means that his team responded to him. I believe they shot, the Kings shot 38% from the field, uh, 23% from the three. And I was looking, everything was hard. It was physical. And I can't say enough about Kevon Looney. Mm. When you talk about the 20 rebounds, that was one thing. But the nine assists, the uh, verticality at the basket, we forget Kevon Looney is 27 years old. He is still in his prime. He don't do a lot of barking, but he definitely do a lot of biting. Mm. And I just want to applaud Steve Kerr because the first two games, uh, Mike Brown had him in the striker hole, in the straitjacket. And then he came up out of it and said, no, you were actually under me last year. Let me show you something. And he adjusted Steph's substitution pattern to get him on the floor with the bench. We ran in that video somewhere was a Clay Thompson verticality block at the rim on Sabonis. And when that happened, I was like, these guys are proud, proud champions. They are hitting yep. hard tonight. That's Clay Thompson. He's not a shot blocker. He went up and he got it. Yeah. Well, Mark Spears, you were actually in the building last night in Chase Center. What was your takeaway? Well, so much has been said about E40 and Draymond Green, but more needs to be said about the Fox and Curry show. It's been sensational to watch since the beginning of the series. You know, Steph, I've been watching him since 2009. You never get tired of watching Stephen Curry play. That was the 38th time that he had at least 30 points and five three-pointers. Most in NBA history, the closest other player to do that is James Harden at 17. You know, and De'Aaron Fox, finally the world gets to see how special this Lamborghini is, who could go (laughs) zero to 100 and, and quick, but stop on a dime. He has been also sensational. He's averaged 29 points in this series. A bunch of three-pointers, although the team isn't shooting three-pointers well, stealing the ball. And he's actually had his 41st, 25th point game, which is the most since Peja Stoyakovich in 2004. So, no, I'm I'm glad that Fox is finally getting his just due worldwide. Yeah. He's something special, and not even the All-Star game could do this for him. It's, it's certainly been he's been the motor of this team, the heart of this team. But you mentioned the threes. They struggled last night, Mark. The Kings shot six for 27 on wide-open three-pointers. That's when the closest defender is about six feet away. That comes out to 22%. Not great for them. That's not going to be able to be something that they can maintain if they want to win the series. Game three, though, for the Warriors, it's moved the needle a little bit. This is what the odds makers say. Despite the Kings leading the series 2-1, to one, the Warriors now are the slight favorite to win the series. This is according to Caesars. You like that perk or no? No, I, I don't. Oh, all right. Caesars well, wants you to take the Warriors so that they can actually win the money. Okay, That's well, for folks in the Bay, they like that. Yeah. Still to come on NBA Today, Philly. They overcame a questionable flagrant two last night to take a 3-0 lead over the Nets. Our Adrian Wojnarowski reported there will be no further action against James Harden or Joel Embiid, but Monty McCutcheon will be here shortly to break all of that down for us. Plus, an exclusive look at Denver's reigning two-time MVP after leading the Nuggets to the top seed in the West. Zach Lowe on why his defense may be the key to their success. And Devin Booker's that dude, especially last night. He took game three for the Suns. Don't go anywhere. We are just getting started on NBA Today. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, 
doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Welcome back to NBA Today, presented by PNC Bank. All right, it's time, my friends. It's time to get to the Nets and the Sixers. Game three, a.k.a. the flagrant foul fallout. There were many a whistles going down in this one. We'll show you what we mean. This is game three. Things got chippy early. We're going to pick this one up in the first quarter because Embiid here called for a foul on Nick Claxton. Claxton steps over him, but then Embiid appears to kick out his leg here. So Embiid issued a flagrant one. Claxton issued a technical on this one. That, that was a lame tiger. Kid. Take a listen to Doc Rivers. Hey, guys, we got to play Joe. We got to pick our speed up. Come on. Hey, everybody. Come on. Guys, it's not supposed to be easy. Y'all want easy. Okay. So then things wouldn't get easier. This is the end of the third quarter here, Perk. Yeah, you, you know, <laughs> he was actually making a basketball play. Right. This was the worst ejection in NBA history, in my opinion. I, I, I mean, this was ridiculous. Well, the players' faces, said. right, yeah, I mean, say it all. He was stunned. He was ejected for a flagrant two there. Neither Harden or Embiid could believe it. And then things kind of continued here. This is one of the dumbest all-time ejections that a player has gotten when his team needed him in a must-win game. To do, with one technical, to get in Embiid's face and stay there that long, that can't happen. Tyrese Maxey pulls up from three, gets it to go. Tyrese Maxey, <laughs> that dude, he's going to get the bag. Still with a chance. Up. Huge block from Embiid. The Sixers narrowly get the win. Take a listen to how postgame sounded. I don't think I've ever seen that in my career before, Alex, for a guy to uh, intentionally kick someone uh, in an area that none of us want to be kicked at or towards and uh, uh, for him to continue to play. I've never seen that before. Um, in a game, and a guy continues to be able to play. You could see uh, what they were doing. You know, just trying to get a rise out of me. Um, you know, I'm too valuable, um, you know, especially after the first one. And, you know, you could see, you know, what the game plan was. Uh, got to hit them. Got to, you know, uh, make me frustrated uh, so I could get ejected. I'm too mature uh, to put myself in a position where I'm going to get ejected. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. Like, unacceptable flagrant, too. Like, the first time I've been ejected, I'm not labeled as a dirty player. You know what I mean? I didn't hit him in a private area, um, somebody's draped on you like that defensively. It's just a natural basketball reaction. Honestly, I don't even think it was a foul on me, but um, yeah, that's unacceptable. That, that can't happen. So the conversation continued into the day today. Take a listen to Doc Rivers. I'm going to say this, probably shouldn't. Uh, didn't think Draymond should have got suspended. 
Um, and I think the league is setting up a very dangerous precedent right now. Uh, and this is not me campaigning, all right? And I'm dead serious. And I said it kind of yesterday before. Uh, I wish I had said it louder. Um, but uh, if we're going to start punishing the retaliators and not the instigators, then we got a problem. If I was at a park, and I'm going to make this point, and you stood over me, we're going to have a problem. You know, but these guys know they can do it because they know most likely you can't do anything. Teams targeting the better players with instigation to get them thrown out, and the better player has to be above, you know, and can't retaliate. Joining us now on NBA Today is Senior Vice President, Head of Referee Development and Training, Monty McCutcheon. Monty, thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us today. I, I want to start here with some reporting that our Adrian Wojnarowski just had, that both James Harden and Joel Embiid, there will be no further escalation, that this is going to be where the punishment stands. Can you just shed some light on why that was the decision that was made? Well, I think there are varying degrees of, of things that reach the level of a flagrant foul penalty, too. Some are right at the limit of a flagrant foul penalty, two or a flagrant foul penalty, one, and therefore the in-game penalties suffice. Some exceed those uh you know, extremes that need a post-game um, upgrade, if you will, in terms of further punishment. In this instance, the league felt that the in-game punishments were appropriate. So looking back, though, we, we just heard right from James Harden saying that this was one of his most puzzling, right, flagrant two ejections that we've seen. And a lot of players, they, that's the same look that was on their face. In hindsight, did you feel like this warranted an ejection? I do. And the fact that Kendrick and I disagree is is a longstanding issue and uh, all the way back to the parquet floor. So uh, he has slightly become more cuddly in, in post-retirement, but we, we're still probably going to disagree on officiating, and that's understandable. Mm. In this you see James have two hands on the ball at the beginning of the move. Now, Slightly pushing off is ubiquitous in the NBA, and we understand that. But you have to be responsible for your actions outside the realm of intent. And hitting someone in the groin, in this instance, James had two hands on the ball. He then delivers a backhanded blow, not a front palm blow where he might be pushing off, if you will. And that blow landed in the groin area. We have to be responsible for our actions, even if there's no intention there. In this instance, the contact was significant right. and a flagrant was, was uh, applied, and I think correctly so. But then looking at Joel Embiid, when you he he struck Claxton when he stepped Claxton stepped over him. I, I don't really understand the difference if we're ejecting Joel for or ejecting James Harden rather for hitting someone in the groin, but not ejecting Joel for for kind of the same same thing. That's clearly a non-basketball move. Can you explain that? I can, Malika. You know, generalizations make for good comparisons across the league, and they make things easier. Unfortunately, NBA referees and NBA referee operations live in a, in a much more precise world of demands on being correct. And where the contact takes place really is important. With Harden, it was actually to the groin. With Embiid, he hits the back of the hamstring, the back of the leg, uh, in a glancing blow to make sure that he's getting Claxton off of him, uh, if you will. And that preciseness is important when you're having to get the play correctly adjudicated with nine different angles. Now, 
the TV production doesn't always show the angles, all the the comprehensive angles that we have in replay. And we really do have to be precise about where that point of contact took place. Mm. It beads with the back of the leg and hardens was to the groin. And there is the distinction. Hey, Monty, before I ask you my question for the good for the good old times, just Give me a technical file real quick. You done gave me so many. This was easy for you. <laughs> I already know. I already know. Just give me a TV up one time. I want to ask you this. Knowing yes. that the postseason is full of emotions, players are going to pick up their physicality, the fan base is going to be hostile, you know, guys are going to be fighting to get games no matter what. I want to know what are the conversations that are being held for us in the officiating group in the circle about officials uh, maintaining their emotions as well and seeing the situation and saying, you know what, let us take a step back before we react to this situation and actually throw out or eject a superstar or star player out of a game, a playoff game in particular. Well, I think it's a great point, Kendrick. I think we have to maintain our, our emotions as NBA referees. Uh, one of the things that we really train on is if you're saying or having thoughts of no one speaks to me that way, then you're not in a position to assess a technical foul appropriately. Mm -hmm. We have standards at the NBA. And if it reaches the standard of a technical foul or a flagrant foul penalty one or a penalty two, we want that delivered unemotionally. I think it is important, though, to make the distinction that we don't want to get into the mindset as referees of superstar or star. That's not our role. The standards of the NBA should be applied to all participants equally. We've got to make sure we measure up to moments regardless of the names on the back of the jersey. I also think it's important that standards are upheld. This idea of a playoff foul gets referees in a real difficult spot because we train all year long. And when we train and deliver consistent work, then coaches and players have the opportunity to coach that work and adjust to that work. If we change it for the playoffs, then everything that took place between October and now April is, is inconsistent to what they're expecting. We have to live up to those standards if we want people to be able to understand how to play the game, how to coach the game. Zach? What's up, Monty? I don't want you to tee me up. I'm the Mike Conley of NBA today. I never get technicals. I'm very polite. I want to go back to the results versus intent kind of thing because I, I want to go back to Embiid last night. Are you, are you essentially saying that his aim being off is the reason he wasn't ejected? I guess it's similar to like if someone winds up to throw a punch and they miss, that's different than if they land. The punishment's going to be different. But how do you weigh results versus intent because it sounds like he wasn't ejected because he missed essentially well we really focus on the act itself in that way also the severity of the contact in this instance zach we can't get into intent because intent is very difficult for all year long as i just discussed for my first year referee to interpret the same way my 34th year referee may understand intent we're much more concerned with seeing the act and if the act doesn't have the same point of contact. Now, is it possible that the point of contact could be the same here, but the delivered blow be much more severe and equal a flagrant foul penalty too? Of course. All things are taken into account. The severity of the contact, the placement of the contact. Was there an acceleration or a wind-up? And wind-up can be both with a physical move with our arm, or it could be with speed in which we wind up to deliver that blow. 
all in with a glancing blow and the miss, as you suggested to the point of contact, leads that to be a flagrant foul penalty one. James Harden and Joel Embiid both available for the next game. Monty McCutcheon, thank you so much for spending some time with us here on NBA. Appreciate it, Monty. Thanks, Monty. Thank you all. Still to come on our show, how about we dive into Nikola Jokic? But first, make sure to vote in our poll. Perk, have you voted yet? No, not yet, but I'm going to give Monty a technical file for that explanation about Joel Embiid. Where would you like to see Victor Wenbanyama go? Get out your phone, scan our QR code, get your vote on, and let us know what you think. We'll reveal the results later in the show. But Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, Nikola Jokic we discussed, Zach Lowe on why this may be their best chance to win it all. NBA Today back after the break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What we need to know is that Nikola Jokic is almost certainly going to win MVP. He never gets hurt. Denver is winning the West. This is seven-footer, folks. Just mind-numbing. Denver needs more of that. Ooh, that was beautiful. Oh, Jokic, man. The look-away dime. What did we just see there? My goodness. Best passing big man maybe we've ever seen. You're watching NBA Today, presented by PNC Bank. So just a couple hours from now, Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets will try to take a commanding 3-0 lead in their series against the Timberwolves. And we have an exclusive look at the two-time MVP. Jokic, he is pure basketball poetry. His mind just works differently. He sees things that most basketball players can't. This man belongs in that group with some of the greatest big men to ever play the game. Jokic coming in. Over the shoulder to Gordon. Eyes in the back of his Serbian head. Oh, look at that. The game shows me if I see the guy next to me open, I'm going to pass it. If I'm open, I'm going to shoot it. And I think it's pretty simple in my, in my eyes. We have a good opportunity. All the guys, the team, buy in the, the basketball style that we are playing. Their chemistry is very, very impressive. We have a, such a good opportunity, I think we don't want to lose it. 
Nuggets feel this is their year to play for an NBA championship. Clippers need a bucket here. And they're not going to get it. Jokic on the steal. Robbing it up. There's the triple-double. There's the exclamation point. Play after play after play. The Denver Nuggets ask Nikola Jokic to deliver, and that's exactly what he does. I don't know, am I a good ball handling, but I'm, I'm handling the ball a lot. It's just the style of my play. Since I since I know, since I was a little kid, I was always dribbling the ball, always pushing after after the rebounds. You know, it's just it's just who I am. And Carroll inside. And Carter, Carter misses the layup. Chance for the fast break. Jokic, chugging. What I enjoy most about coaching him, and when I think about Nicole, I think about Tim Duncan, a selfless leader, a selfless great player. But he's so skilled, he's so savvy, and he's such an unselfish player. I marvel at his greatness every day. I marvel at his IQ. I never take it for granted. And I think his greatest skill is that he makes everyone better. And that's what the great ones do. An incredible performance for the man they call Joker. You can check out Jokic and the Nuggets tonight. We'll have a trio of Game 3s for you on our family of networks. Celtics, Hawks, Cavs, Knicks are on ABC and the Nuggets, Timberwolves, ESPN, 9.30 Eastern. All three are, are available on Deportes, ESPN Radio, and the app. Coming up next, hear what Devin Booker had to say after dropping 45 last night. And big perk, he goes in on the Clippers side of things. More NBA Today after this. get into the Suns and the Clippers last night. No Kawhi Leonard in this one. He was ruled out in the middle of the day and Devin Booker went to work, Zach Lowe. Uh, he is just on an incredible run and the shoe, he actually contested a shot with a shoe in his hand which is a next level defense. There it is. Look at that. Perk, have you ever done that? No, nah, never. Never. I, I barely can run with two shoes on. Let alone. <laughs> well, Norm Powell, if I had told you at the beginning of the day that he would be the man to drop 40 Zach Lowe, what would you have said? I would have said, good, they need it, because Kawhi's not playing, and Paul George isn't playing. If they're going to have a shot, someone needs to go bananas, and Norm did his part. Norm did his part, but so did Devin Booker That's every a, that time. That is a crazy shot. I mean, an absolutely crazy shot. Well contested by Russell Westbrook, who had his fingerprints all over this one. Chris Paul gets out in transition, gives it up to Kevin Durant, who seemed a little tired down the stretch of this game, but it's Kevin freaking Durant, Zach. That's what it is. It's Kevin freaking Durant. Monty Williams called him an expensive decoy, kind of half-jokingly after the game. That's that's interesting. Well, when Russ makes threes, though, you know it's going to be an interesting game. This one came down to it. Phoenix up 10 with four to go. Not anymore. Once again, Norm Powell chipping into Phoenix's lead. Shout out to the Clippers for hanging in there and battling. And Russell Westbrook, I can't say enough. We you should ask Monty about that. That's a bad, bad missed call. That was a take foul. At a bad time. That could have changed the game a little bit at least. Devin Booker putting an exclamation mark on his performance. 83 points in the last two games, most in a two-game span. The Clippers lose to Phoenix 129-124 as Phoenix takes a 2-1 series lead. So, Zach, I'll start with you here. Your biggest takeaways from that game. The Suns keep winning 
and it keeps not looking as good or as easy as I thought it would. Right. And part of that is a credit to the Clippers, who are being incredibly physical. The refs are letting them play, and the Clippers are beating the Suns up. I just thought it would be a little smoother, a little easier than this. I thought the fit with KD would just I – mean, they're, they're winning. They're plus 23 in 78 minutes with their four best guys on the floor, so it's working. But right. it's just – it's kind of a slog on offense. It's station to station to station. There's not a like co- a lot of cooperation between the, t- the all the stars together, like fast-moving actions like I thought there would be. Maybe it's coming. They show flashes of it here and there. And look, maybe it doesn't even matter because the numbers are astounding, but it's all tough shot-making right now. And you wonder, the minutes are piling up. The degree of difficulty is piling up, and it's only the first round. Well, I think they need to get better defensively. That way they could, you know, get steals and deflections and actually let their defense translate to easy baskets. But let me say this about the Clippers. If I'm Steve Ballmer and I'm Lawrence Frank, I'm giving Kawhi Leonard and Paul George one more year, one more year before I decide to break this up. Hmm. At this point, it's starting to get ridiculous. And look, I'm not downplaying anybody injury or saying that someone is faking the injury, but we're going into they're going into their fourth season together and has, a, has accomplished nothing, hmm. zero. And it's unfair. It's unfair to Ty Lue. So when I look at those two, and what they have accomplished and being available, they haven't. And so how much time are you actually going to wait for those two to say, you know what, we're going into the postseason, we actually got both of these guys. We actually could actually make a legitimate run for a title. I mean, they are over 30. They can, they can both opt out after next season, Zach? Yes. I don't want to – I don't want to – disagree too much with her because on balance they have not gotten enough wins given what they traded to put these guys together including Shea Gildas Alexander who is maybe going to make first team all and, and a whole lot of first round picks uh, like all of them Sam yeah. Presley owns the whole team at this point <laughs> I will say this accomplished nothing the Clippers had been to zero, zero conference finals. They at least got to one with these guys. That's a new level for this team. And the bubble, I thought they were the best team in the NBA that year. They didn't have that well to the bubble. I just think accomplished nothing yeah, but Zach, is strong but, for, but, for, for but, a franchise that really but, had but not Zach, accomplished. But, Zach, they didn't come together just to I make it. it to the conference finals. I get it, finals. given what they traded. So you got to have the ball. Better. Like, Kawhi Leonard didn't put up a fuss. Kawhi Leonard don't get helicopter rides and hold up the uh, plane to make it to the conference finals. Right. I, I don't disagree that they yeah. have not achieved enough. I just think let's give them a little credit. No, we're going to give them one more year. Okay. That's what that's what I would do if I was one Steve more Bum. year. This yeah. series isn't over credit. yet, by the way. What if Kawhi comes back? How, Zach? How? How is he coming back? If he didn't play last night swelling in his knee, they play tomorrow at 1230. The schedule gods are not helping. Not on their side. And we know that Woj said that his situation is murky. Before we go to break here, there's still time, but not very much time. Vote in our fan vote. Let us know where you I, I want to see in. Victor Wenbanyama. We'll find out where Perk wants to see him. And America wants to see him in just a little bit. We'll be back in 60 seconds. I abstained. You didn't vote? <laughs> NBA Today is presented by PNC Bank, rooted in communities big and small. I understand there's something that you would like to share with us here today. Yeah, um, you know, it's uh, it's been a, a year with so many great news for me. So uh, first of all, I want to thank everyone that has been part of, uh, of that journey, you know, that year and uh, all the previous years, all my coaches, my family. Um, and I'm really excited to announce that I'm going to declare to the 2023 NBA draft. So 
I hope it's big news. I love that. I hope it's big news. Yes, Victor, this is yeah. big news officially declaring for the NBA draft. And we asked you all at home, where do you want to see Victor Wembanyama play? Perk, do you have a thought on this? Uh, absolutely. Come to the East Town. Oh. Come to the East Town. Great food, great activities outside the court, great weather. And guess what? You actually could buy me out. Get my house. It's nice. You can have it. You can come buy it. Oh. I, yeah. Do the dogs, do the dogs come with it? Give it to you at a nice discount, too. Does that, get it. that apply to me, too, if Let's I visit? See what America like, said. always come spend a night. America would like to see Victor Wembanyama play with the Portland Trail Blazers Ooh. the most. How would he fit there, Zach? Portland won the poll? Portland won the poll. <laughs> I mean, look, look, if you put him with Dame, that's going to be interesting right away. He fits anywhere. I abstain. I just wanted to come to the NBA. That's all. Well, he's a coming. Victor, thank you so much. Congratulations, for Portland. All right. I know. Enjoy this weekend.